The machine is ever turning, ever hungry. How do you avoid being eaten? How do you avoid drifting into becoming another cog? Can you escape the machine? Should you try or is it impossible? Pondering these questions and more, I mention the machine. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Mench and the Machine podcast. This is episode 22. Today we're dealing with another Ryan Holiday book. This one is called Discipline is Destiny. Ooh. I hated this book. <laughs> Why so, Joel? I'm going to be the useful idiot of this book because I don't remember much of it other than the fact of, hey, this Lou Gehrig guy is really cool. I can't believe he did all this stuff and had all these records. Yeah. Oh, that Lou Gehrig guy. <laughs> it definitely gave me an appreciation for Lou Gehrig and an appreciation for the queen who recently passed away that I didn't yep. know I needed. But <clears throat> I know she was a beloved personality, but I didn't understand why. Now I do. Same thing with Lou Gehrig. Because she, um, she was always in style. Yeah. The, uh, she was timeless. This book didn't seem like it treaded any new ground for us. Exactly. That, this, like it was a retreat. The only thing I learned was about those Oh. Who was the writer who had two kids and she wrote in the morning? Um, I don't remember her name. I'll put in the show notes whenever. Yeah. <laughs> but basically... <laughs> That's why one... I don't do audiobooks because I can't take notes while I'm reading it. I... But basically this woman had a life to do and she did all her writing first thing in the morning because no one else was up. Mm-hmm. Sounds and like that, people we know. Yeah, and that allows her to get things done. But, I mean, yeah, we basically it's a rehash of the old stuff, but we, we had people that showed us why. And like he compared, okay, I can I I'll admit this, the Lou Gehrig thing was at the same time Babe Ruth was, and Babe Ruth was always out drinking and doing and eating and basically screwing himself up. Yeah. And Lou Gehrig at one point realized, hey, if I have a drink before the game, I can play better. And the coach is like, nope, you don't want this path. Here's how it ends. And Lou's <laughs> like, nope, not doing that anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was interesting to see that there was the the comparison between the two, and you still think about how. How probably much potential Babe Ruth left on the table by being the slovenly self that he became, because mm-hmm. he could have still been probably probably could have still been making records. Well, not now, but then he could yeah. still have broken more records than he did. Whereas Lou Gehrig was just steady and uh, <clears throat> consistent. I like the story of him getting hit in the head and being knocked out on the field for five minutes and getting up and continuing the game. Mm-hmm. That's pretty impressive. They don't make people like Lou Gehrig anymore. <clears throat> no, they don't. <laughs> They're trying though. They're trying. We got to get back to that sort of world. Um, yeah, not too too much to say about the book. I'm trying to look through the the chapters here and just see if anything gets pulled out. There was the the way it's broken up was kind of interesting. I guess the way it started with the body and then it went into the mind and then it goes into the soul of things. But still, it was nothing. I don't know. This is only how what? How many of his stoic virtues he's going through? This is the third. Discipline, courage, ego. I think there's a fourth one. Uh, well, yeah, there's still another couple books, but I'm, I'm still not seeing anything new if you've read any of the other stuff we've read. Yeah. I mean, once you're kind of familiar with Stoic principles, this one's really not changing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's funny that he talks about how he has a struggle to write the book, and because of his systems that are in place, he's able to write it. Yeah. Because of his note-taking and all the cards and stuff. Yeah, he's definitely very disciplined about that, but that seems to me like if you watch the video of him and his note-taking system, it's very excessive to me. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's his own goddamn job to just be able to sit there and take mm-hmm. those notes all the time and transcribe them and cross-reference them and everything else. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's... 
It's too much for me, I guess. I'm just a journalist. I just stockpile things in my head, and people say magical words, and things start coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I underline things in books and, and hope to uh, actually put them into a, a collected volume somewhere. A buddy of mine, though, he had a good idea. He said, just take a piece of paper and stick it in the book with you, and as you're reading and you make notes of something, you can make notes of something right there. And then he said, furthermore, divide that into two, two sections. Take down the note, and then take how you're going to apply that to your life right then and there, so that you're actually taking action on what you're reading. Which I know, I'm guilty of not taking action on all the stuff I do. I think sometimes reading is the action, and that's not. That's pretty passive. I think for me, it's more of a, I read stuff, I learn stuff, and then I see the correlation with my life. Because all these books we've read, there's been little nuggets that explain why I do things the way I do without me knowing why. Like, some of the stuff I do is intuitive to me. But, like, like I always got made fun of, like, oh, your routine, you're stuck to your routine. Yeah, but I do the routine, so I don't have as much cognitive load. Exactly. Everyone has a routine. They're just fooling themselves when they think they don't. Yeah, what I'm saying is that, like, I, when I stick to a routine, I'm so much happier than I'm just riding the kid. Like, if I go out with a friend and we're like, oh, we're, I don't know, we're going to go get food and see where it ends, that's one thing. But, like, your day of, like, okay, I got to take my pills, I got to do this, I got to do that. Like, when I have a routine, I don't even think about it. It just, it just, it just happens. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's some days where, like, oh, I didn't do this. Well, this part, this happened this morning, so that kind of threw everything off, off bound. And, pe- and people know that, too. They, they usually know when they're having an off day. It's because they did follow their routine. They feel off. From Stick to the them. plan. <laughs> as close as you can, really. Mm-hmm. And especially a morning routine. I know everyone has a morning routine, whether they believe it or not. But when they're off, off that routine, their whole day will feel off. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of that at all. Nope. I love when things work like a well over machine or an episode of the A-Team from the 80s. <laughs> We're going to fly this tank. <laughs> <laughs> I never watched that movie, but every time it's on TV, I see that part. Mm-hmm. It's such a beautiful part. That's like when, I, when the movie Alias is on television. It's always the part when the girl goes, let's rock, and they all die. I don't think I know that one. The aliens? Oh, aliens. Oh, when, yeah, when they yeah. When they land on the, on the thing and they're walking around. Yeah. And then the one girl like panics, and I think it's Ramirez. And she starts shooting, and everything goes straight to hell. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime that, she, that movie's on television, I turn to tele- that's that's the section it was on every time. To be fair, they are Marines, and that's apparently what they're good at. <laughs> so, no, no, no disrespect to the Marines. There. No, I have, I have a, a lot of respect for the military, Space Marines especially. Exactly. <laughs> I was thinking about the military a lot lately too, by the way, because You're signing up. No, I'm not signing up. You're wearing a NASA shirt right now. That's not military. No, it is. Well, yeah, I look at Space it. Space Force. The problem, the problem with, with the military for me is they tell me who to shoot. I know who I want to shoot. Like, I don't think they tell you who to shoot. They just point you in the general direction. Yeah, they're telling you who to shoot. Yeah. You kind of have that idea in your head anyway. Oh, that person's a bad guy. I'm going to shoot him. But look at the military. Like, they, teach, they teach discipline. They basically give you systems that when your, your brain goes, I don't have to do your body's like, oh, I got this. Don't worry about yeah, it. Your muscle memory. When shit's blowing up around you, you're, you're still able to function. That's, that's what they do to you. <laughs> Go to plan B. <laughs> Auto, autopilot. <laughs> We're going to teach your lizard brain how to fire a rifle. <laughs> it's almost like... Um, in the in the show uh, Moon Knight, when he blacks out and he wakes up, like what happened? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know how all these bodies got here. <laughs> I swear, officer. <laughs> oh yes, I need more discipline in my life. 
and sometimes I have too much discipline in my life. It's it's an un, unwieldy balance. Either I go too far and I get pissed off and things don't work right, or I get too lazy. I'm like, you should really be doing this instead. Yeah, it's uh, like well, Jocko has the the saying of uh, unmitigated daily discipline in all things, and I that's like the dream. And I know even for him, it's probably not possible to be that disciplined. Well, I think it is. I don't know. I think he's he's jo- very 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 disciplined to the point where he's not human. Let's be honest. Jocko, <laughs> Jocko was born in a lab. <laughs> so he said he said he doesn't have a birthday as a manufactured date. <laughs> you know that movie Universal Soldier? <laughs> that's that's the documentary of of, of Jocko. <laughs> <clears throat> no, I think I think it's good though. I think that discipline is definitely a, a great thing. It's something we should all aspire to be more of. Is disciplined. Yeah. Especially in our approach to things, just because yeah. discipline is basically the the system you need to set your habits in place. And as we've talked about, your habits are your your habits are your life, basically. Mm-hmm. So if you set your you set the discipline to make the habit, and then the habit is on autopilot until you need to exercise discipline to put things back on the rails. Mm-hmm. Prime example this morning with a stupid leg day. <laughs> I will curse you to the day I die about this program. No, you won't. Yes, I will. Nah, you. Did you did you actually take measurements before you started this program, or did of course you forget? Not. I oh, did. Joel without the data. Joel without the data. I took measurements after the first week, so I'm looking to see if I've gained anything, any muscle or anything, any size anywhere. Well, probably I, not. Well, I've got I've got weight cow scale data, so we'll see how that change has changed throughout. Mm-hmm. Ours measurements go. No, I'm not doing that. Your clothes feel tighter. No, not really. I well, here's the thing though. I plan for future expansion, so my clothes are always back. <laughs> for those that don't know, Joel just wears fucking latex everywhere, elastic. No, 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 no. Elastic. I I buy spandex. I buy a size bigger so that if I do gain a little bit of weight, I don't buy new clothes. <laughs> what if you lose weight? Then your two sizes down. Well, here's the thing. I've got. I actually have two sets of clothes. I've got the ones where like, oh, these don't fit anymore. You got your later. fat boy gear and your skinny boy gear. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> There's, I, had a, I have a pair of pants. I'm like, oh, these don't fit anymore. And then last year when I was doing that biking, I'm like, hey, these fit again. No wonder you don't like fashion. <laughs> you got to fucking buy two sets of everything. This is for if I'm fat today, and this is for if I'm skinny. No, no, I've had the fat clothes for a while. The skinny clothes. <laughs> you've, you've gotten very disciplined in your fat clothes. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah. yeah, but yeah, th- th- this one this morning was you gotta get this done. If I don't get this done, I gotta make an excuse. I don't have a good excuse for not doing this shit. Nope, you signed up for it, and, and especially at this point because we're three weeks into this program, we were there's doing, only five more to go. Which we didn't. Uh, I don't even think we told people we were doing this program, did we? No, we didn't. Uh, we failed on that that count, but yeah, three weeks into the uh, Ryan Humiston's mm-hmm. garage gym program, it's. 30-day program broken out into 20 days worth of workouts. You get two days of rest a week. And uh, it's pretty pretty brutal. Yeah. But we're wrapping up week three of it, so it's all downhill from here. I thought this one won't be too bad. And then I started buying gym equipment. <laughs> and $500 later. <laughs> Every time I get Joel to sign up for something, he's got to buy a bunch of shit. Well, it started out with $125 of the weights from Craigslist. Mm-hmm. Then I got another 40 pounds of weight from like on Facebook. I had to buy some benches at Dunham's and Walmart. I had to buy some uh, dumbbell handles. 
They didn't have the dumbbell handles for me, so I went and bought one-inch uh, black pipe and used that. Drilled holes into it for some, um, uh, what's it called? Three millimeter hex nuts and bolts to keep the weights in place. <laughs> it's even a rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for you to fucking be a, a complete bro and just start showing up with protein shakes in your hand and fucking all diesel all in the summer. Here's the problem, though. I want my shakes ice cold. Like, if I don't drink my shake within five minutes of making it because all the fruit I, I use is frozen, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't taste right. Mm-mm. I just make mine with water. Nope. Almond milk, bananas. I bought 40 bananas yesterday at Aldi's, by the way. How would you buy 40 bananas for? So I can cut them up and put them in containers. So when I need them in the morning, I just pull out the container instead of cutting bananas every morning. That's a lot of bananas, Joe. I know. Did you bananas. know you bought 40 bananas or you just grabbed three handfuls no, no. of batches? No, no. I counted out 40 bananas. <laughs> I use between two to four bananas a day for my shakes. So, Dude, that's a lot of, that's a lot of sugar in bananas. Need it. <laughs> <laughs> then I got my uh, strawberries and I got my raspberry blackberry and... Blueberry mix. Hmm. So the question is, what do I feel like today? Like this morning, I knew we were going to lunch. I just did two. I did two bananas, and whey protein and almond milk. Some days I'll put two scoops of strawberry. Might be two scoops of blueberry. Who knows? Hmm. Yeah, get some vegetables in there, Joe. Nope. Get the Eric Lee. You should. You should. You should probably check out the uh, Athletic Greens. You'd be the. You're the type of person that those are made for. Why is that? Because it's powdered green. It's powdered vegetables. You mix it in your smoothie, you don't taste it. You get all the benefits without any of the downsides. And, hmm. You know, you don't eat vegetables for whatever reason. I eat vegetables. I eat corn. I eat rice. I know, those aren't vegetables. Those are grains. Corn's a grain? Yeah. Hmm. That's I why eat, it's bad for you. I eat potatoes. That's, a, that's, that's not a vegetable, really, either. That's a, uh, not a legume. What the hell do they call it? I don't know. Wow. How am I still alive then? <laughs> You live in the fucking greatest time ever to be a, uh, an American. <laughs> I mean, a human. Not 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 so, not so great to be an American. The boomers had that time. Yeah. Oh, well. But, back to the book. Yes. Um, yeah, not too long of a book. I think it's eight hours. Nine. Nine hours. The last I- hour is bullshit. Because, like, I got through all the stories... Because there was the Queen, there was Lou Garrett, there was the woman who wrote the book. Mm-hmm. There was, I think, some other dude that wasn't that famous. I know at some point he mentions uh, the lady that made, wrote the Harry Potter books. Oh yeah, he she mentioned him. He mentioned her too for a split second. But the last hour sounded like maintenance. Yeah. Like he talked about he talked about his whole process and why the book was a struggle to write. And like because he wrote it during COVID and his kids were home and and I guess the kid made a comment like, "Oh, Daddy, you're not writing books anymore." And like, I guess that set him off. He's like, oh, I gotta get this book done now. The fuck I ain't, son. <laughs> Watch daddy write this book. <laughs> but he has a farm, too, so. And a bookstore. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I feel about the bookstore, though. Yeah. Fucking if you're writing books, you have a bookstore, have a coffee shop, whatever. It's just an excuse to have... It's just, it's just a tax write-off for your office space, basically. Mm. You want Wi-Fi in your office? It's a coffee shop. <laughs> but yeah, I was kind of disappointed in this book. Like, Ego and the Enemy gave me a lot of shit that I could use and, like, gave me a reason to, like, keep striving to do stuff. This one was just like, oh, these people are cool. I guess that's why they're cool. Yeah, Ego is the Enemy, Obstacle is the Way, and uh, Daily Stoic are all 
pretty fucking solid books. This one didn't offer anything new that I felt. Very tread ground. Mm-hmm. But you know, he he. I'll buy anything he writes, pretty much. <laughs> he's he's earned that. He's earned that. Um. I bought that like that children's book he wrote. He wrote a children's book. Yeah, it was like a a still like why. Uh, it was basically Mark Zillow's the kid and why like he was being taught to do stuff. Hmm. I think it was on Kindle. It was like a couple bucks. I'm like, I gotta support the guy because you know, taught me a lot of stuff. So he should have wrote Cato the Kid. He might be working on it. Who knows? That reminds me, we still gotta finish uh, the Way of the Warrior Kid series. No, no, that's well, that's Jocko. I know, I know, that's Jocko. I was, talking, I was talking about Ryan Holiday. I know, but we didn't finish talking oh. on the podcast about we we never went to the second book. Oh uh, yeah, or the third one. Guess I should finish reading. This. <laughs> They're children's books, Joel. They don't take that long. For you, maybe. <laughs> you gave me a physical book. Do you understand how hard this is for me? <laughs> well, you got weak fingers. It's, it's, a, it's a kerning. The kerning drives my brain, my, my brain crazy. You got to do drop sets of turning pages, Joel. <laughs> oh, I learned about drop sets last week, and now I hate them. <laughs> uh, you, were, you were pricing exercise to failure. <laughs> yes, I am. When you're when your set is the failure, I've never been so happy. <laughs> uh, one, I've just failed. <laughs> no, like when my when my whenever muscle on training is like, here's your choices: either I just let go, or you put it down. <laughs> I was doing those split dumbbell lifts today, and I was trying to get back up. My lady's like, "Okay, we got it this time, but next time you're hitting the floor with your with your teeth." That's a happy thing to know. <laughs> like, All right, I found that limit. <laughs> I didn't. I'm just not too happy. Those limits are so low compared to what the goal is. It's your first first month of doing a weightlifting program. I wish it was my last. So now you'll be back on it. And watch now. Now that you can't bike anywhere, you're gonna be back on this. Well, now that I have more appreciation for indoor biking, so ne- next month might just be indoor biking season. <laughs> yeah, till the next challenge. You'll be back on this stuff in January, February with me. I hope not. Yeah, we'll we're, we're doing another weightlifting challenge. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna find a sane, like entry level weightlifting thing and work my way off to Ryan's nightmare fuel. Look up uh, Mark Ripito's Stronglift Five by Five. That's the the usual gateway drug. Three workouts a week. Five sets of five reps, of like three different workouts, or three different uh, lifts. It doesn't sound too bad. It's not. You should be adding five pounds a week until you hit your max. Better than this nightmare fuel I'm, I'm living through. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's going to be good when he says it's leg day, so get your bucket. <laughs> like the first week of the other, I'm like, oh, I got everything I need. No, I don't. I got to get this. I got everything I need. No, I don't. I need this. We two came around like, holy shit, on the body thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm set. <laughs> and then, like, I bought the, I don't know what it's called, the one where you uh, put the weight on so when you do the squat, you can, like, back up and put it on the, on the, on the, uh, a squat rack. Yeah, squat yeah. rack. He didn't use it last week. I'm like, what the hell? Did I buy that for nothing? And then leg day came today. I'm like, oh, yeah. It's worth every $89 I spent. <laughs> You're not supposed to back the weight in, you're supposed to back the weight off. So you step into it, load up, and then step back, do your weight, and then step back forward. <laughs> ah. You don't want to be trying to offload the weight onto those little hooks when you're fucking tired and not being able to see where the hell the thing is. <laughs> that makes more sense. 
I learned a lot about weightlifting this past three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> Joel's new mortal enemy is gravity. <laughs> now my new mortal enemy is not understanding what a fucking exercise is. <laughs> I gotta Google this thing. There's a couple things in that program that I gotta. I had to Google too because I didn't know what the hell he was saying. Mm-hmm. Well, the first week you're like, wow, this is kicking my ass, Mike. At least it's kicking his ass. I mean, I haven't done this before, but knowing that he does this shit all the time, like, I don't feel so bad. No, I, I still think, I, I haven't done today's leg day, so I can't fucking fully express this, but the the worst day for me was day one. I but. know. Leg day on the first week was my bad worst day. Because day one, like, I collapsed because I couldn't get back up to do, a, do a, whatever that push-up thing was. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, we're done for the day. But on day five, when I did leg day, I needed three, I needed four days to recover. <laughs> well, that's why leg day is at the end of the week. You have enough time to recover. But that gives you a greater appreciation for why people skip leg day. <laughs> I, I can't skip leg day because I'm a cyclist. I got to uh, work uh, on leg day. Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, cu- I'm curious I'm going to be faster next year now. Probably. If you keep going. You might lose it muscle by then. But No, no, no. I'll, I'll get back on the bike next month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back to 10 miles a day. Mm-hmm. This weather would actually stabilize. It's Pittsburgh. It's never stable. Talking it about was that. stable last year. I biked from like June all the way to September. I took like a week off. And then I biked like from this, this, from October all the way into like the 31st. Really? Hmm. I hit 1,900 miles from July 2nd to like the 30th of December. Hmm. Like I got done a day early. I'm like, this is awesome. Was that last year or the year before? Last year. Yeah, I've been, I've been looking at the dates for that different stuff because I was trying to find playlists. I'm like, it had to be two years ago. No, that was only a year ago. What the hell? Yeah. So, what's your next venture next month after this hell is over? For uh, for weights. Oh, um, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna try to find a mobility challenge, a daily mobility thing. Well, I do yoga every every Saturday now. And that's my mobility challenge. Can I mimic what the what the instructor is doing, and can I hold that pose as long as the instructor? <laughs> the answer is usually no. Well, that's why they're the instructor. Yeah. Well, as the instructor keeps telling me, breathing is the most important part of that exercise. Everything else is just extra and fun stuff. A man can't breathe. He can't fight. Let me tell you one thing. Hip flexors are not are not fun at all. Oh no. That is five minutes of pain. At least I think it's five minutes. That's what he said about the Ryan said about the program yesterday when it was uh, core time. Mm-hmm. The one exercise, the uh, the weighted knee raises or whatever. Mm-hmm. He said if you feel this in your hip flexors, well, you probably need to work on your hip flexors. Mm-hmm. I felt it all in my hip flexors. I didn't. Didn't feel it in my fucking core at all. I was I was laughing because I I've been trying to figure out how to do some of these poses. And, of course, my downward dog is wrong. But she's like, you should be feeling it in your leg. I'm like, nope. She's like, do this. I'm like, nope. She goes, well, I guess you got strong leg muscles. I'm thinking, thank God I can do something right. <laughs> and then leg day. <laughs> 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 nope, these muscles aren't strong. <laughs> oh, no, they're strong. It's just they've got a limited use before they're like, okay, we're done. <laughs> I mean, we climbed that 10-mile hill somehow without stopping. God. <laughs> brutal next year we do a century yeah. <laughs> a real century yeah on flat land yep <laughs> we're gonna go out to ohio we'll bike out 50 miles and bike 50 miles back yeah <laughs> it's gonna be the best day of my life 
<laughs> you hope. Well, the guys that I, I listen to their podcast, they did some stuff out in Ohio. I'm like, oh my God, that hill's coming up. I can't believe I do this hill. So the guy's waiting for this hill. like, where's that hill? It's like, oh, like half a mile ago. He goes, that was a hill for you guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come, come to Pittsburgh and see some hills. <laughs> Everything here is uphill both ways. Mm-hmm. I still can't, I still remember trying to figure out a way to get out of downtown Pittsburgh without having to ride up a hill after work. It's easy to bike into town, hard mm-hmm. to bike back. Yep. It's like a gravity well. Yeah, you have a choice of one long hill or you can go and take a one long mediocre, not mediocre, but like medium incline hill or you can take the the short steep as fuck hill. Short steep as fuck hill. Yeah, that's what I usually do. I go up, the, uh, up into Oakland. That hell sucks but at the end of the day, but Yep. Yeah, so that's enough content. Yeah. We babbled for a while. We gave some updates, we did the book. Give a preview yeah. of what's happening next episode. Did yeah. we? No, we didn't. We talked about what, what challenge we're doing next month, but we didn't do an outline for this episode. No, it's hard to do outlines for audiobooks. For me anyway, because I I'm not taking notes as I'm re- uh, reading it or listening to it, so like I say, stuff just sticks out to me, so I'm like, oh, okay. And then, like, the stuff that I, I want to remember just is there. Yeah. Like I said, Lou Gehrig and the Queen were the two most important things out of that book. Everything else is like, whatever. Yeah, we gotta we gotta pick a book for next next time, but uh, we'll get on that. Or are we gonna are we gonna are we saving our Q and A not the Q and A but our our ramble episode? Ramble episode. The non-scripted. Let's just talk about something. Oh yeah, we can do that. That's fine. If a book comes up, a book comes up, but I have nothing in my queue currently that... Because I know you want to wait for episode 25, because that's a big comic book episode, but I figured, why not just do it next episode and see what happens? Yeah. Because that's your actual dream, is just talking about something without an outline. Yeah, I mean, the outlines are good, but I think they've, they come off too scripted. Dave? <laughs> <laughs> Our one listener. My, my niece actually checked out the podcast. Yeah. She said we should need to get uh, some syndication to get us on actual radio. I said no. Hmm. We'd have commercial breaks and the flow would be stopped. We can make fake commercials for our own products if we had products. Could do that. There's a guy, Andrew Heaton, who does the political orphanage, and that's what he does. He has all these, all his sponsors are just made up stuff. <laughs> like there's this diner he made called Snuffies off Route 60, I think it's Route 33 or 66. Basically, it's a diner where you're served on horseback. So there's this whole universe around this around this diner, and it's like this is stuff I'm willing to pay for. <laughs> or we do like uh, Bill Bird does with his podcast, where the uh, the advertisers come in and he just kind of makes fun of them. Then <laughs> <laughs> they they eventually cancel on him because he's making fun of them, but then they realize that their sales went up, so they come back to him. <laughs> like, like, yeah, the podcast, the the one advertiser was for Sherry's Berries. <laughs> just like the fucking name kept making them crack up. <laughs> I miss the old days when Joe used to uh, advertise. Joe Rogan used to advertise for uh, male masturbation equipment. <laughs> the Fleshlight was his main sponsor. Went from that to having a 300 million Spotify deal. Yeah. Good times. But that'll do it for us, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Until next time, have fun and uh, keep keep improving. Yep.
That wraps up another episode of The Mesh in the Machine. If you would like to contact or subscribe to the podcast, please visit themenshinthemachine.com. If you would like to leave a voicemail, please call 412-294-8557.